0: Welcome to Dents in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN, and I'm here with NEC's Executive Director, Dan Nichols. This month we have Beth Ann Miller with us from Safe Place Ministry.
1: Dan, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to have Beth Ann with us on the podcast today. You got it. Beth Ann and I met through a recommendation, actually, from my friend Joe Velarde, who leads a great church, Riverbend Church in Allentown, PA. And he said her counseling ministry was incredible. So I actually reached out to Beth Ann because my wife Joy and I just wanted to connect with a counselor who was trustworthy, but also didn't know us personally. <laughs> so Joy and I—we've said that we have an A marriage, but we really—we we don't want to settle for anything less than an A plus. So we believe postmarital counseling is, number one, more important than premarital. And number two, it needs to be normalized rather than demonized. For some reason, counseling has this stigma, and uh, it really shouldn't be that way. So anyway, Joy and I, we've found proactively getting counseling when we're not falling apart will actually keep us from ever getting close. So doing sessions with Beth Ann has helped us a ton. We've recommended her to so many other people that we know. That also want counseling, and she's just a tremendous person, a tremendous uh, ministry leader and a good friend now and uh, we're so glad to have her on this episode today.
0: So Beth Ann, can you introduce yourself to everyone and give us an overview of your personal story and your family?
2: Yeah, Tim, it's wonderful to be with you and Dan today. I started ministry when I was 26 years old on the streets of New York City, working with the homeless and folks that were stru- struggling with addiction um, and squatters of the region. And there is where I like to think I cut my teeth on what serving in high need really means. From there, I went on to um serving overseas with a maritime organization that has hospital ships that travel predominantly in West Africa. And I did that for many years until I was 40 and returned stateside. I happened to meet my husband on that ship. So he's a fellow Pittsburgh Steeler fan as i am so we had a ton of stuff in common including just serving the lord uh investing our singleness which is no less of a a relational status Mm. than marriage so we were both serving with our full capability at that time and we both returned to the usa he's originally from pennsylvania i'm from new york we married he became a marriage and family therapist i'm a licensed chaplain and a board certified biblical counselor and we started caring for folks.
0: Mm. As I was listening to your testimony, as I was listening to what uh, God has called you to, and you mentioned specifically the idea of singleness. I know that there are people who feel that they need to be married in order to minister. It's so not true.
2: Yeah, Tim, that's a whole separate podcast that it we can do <laughs> if you want to. Um, having married at 43 and my husband at 41, I do think we have uh, some authority to speak on that. But yes, relationship status is not dependent on how we serve the Lord, but, and singleness and marriage, they both have their benefits and they both have their difficulties to get through. What's important is that you live a life that honors Christ yourself and others, no matter what your marital status is.
0: Mm. And at some point, I think we do need to do a podcast on that, but for now, let's talk about safe place ministry, which is the ministry that you and your husband run. Uh, You are the founders of safe place ministry. What is it and why is it important?
2: Well, what is it? Uh, we don't consider ourselves a counseling ministry per se. We are a ministry set up to provide care, support, training, counsel if necessary, guidance, and really, Tim, a safe place for anybody that serves in Christian ministry to come and talk. What we noticed and why we started this was we had folks coming to us quite organically and naturally, saying, "Hey, I need a safe place to talk. Can I talk with you?" And that's how this birthed and it matched mine and Tom's uh, particular skill sets as counselors so we began first caring for people in our home in Pennsylvania and that didn't work out so well because we were doing all the care for trauma uh, when folks were coming in high need situations and providing all the hospitality so we quickly realized for ourselves that wasn't going to be sustainable it wasn't the best model So then we reached out to friends of ours who run um, a farm, a Christian farm here in Kempton, PA, and they began providing all the hospitality for all the folks that come in that we care for. So it's been a beautiful partnership, and now we have uh, a partnership down in Florida as well. So over the past five years in particular, we've really expanded. To answer your question on why it's so important, anyone in ministry, people tend to look to them with massive expectations like Mm -hmm. pastors have all the answers pastors should always do the right thing their families are often scrutinized their children's behavior is often put under a microscope and they're expected to live in a way that is really not based on reality at all so we wanted to provide a place with skilled folks that could care for pastors and their spouses inner-city workers of homeless ministries, and global international workers to give them that safe place to be able to process through some of the joys and struggles of life and ministry.
0: Mm. And we do see this in a lot of the pastors that we see. And I shouldn't say a lot. Let me take that back completely, because we see it in a small percentage where they deal with some really tough issues that are ministry-destroying issues and yet we paint with a broad brush, as I just did when we when I said that, and say that, that there's a lot of them. There's really not a lot, but those that are, are in a place that they're really struggling and have no place to go to, and then also the impact, the ripple effect can be quite large, can it?
2: Yeah, and we're, we're seeing that today. Um, unfortunately, there's pedestals that can be set up for folks in ministry that when that crumbles for various reasons, whether that's their own person ascribing to a, a particular platform, or folks actually placing them there with expectations, and and uh, just how they relate when that person's humanity shows. Often we're completely disillusioned by it, mm-hmm. and sometimes when that point happens, there's destruction that comes. Whether that's issues of morality, uh, crises of faith, and then people in the church or in their surrounding ministries are often wounded and left disillusioned by that.
1: Mm.
0: So how do you encourage pastors to get a hold of you, uh, to contact Safe Place Ministries, and to begin the healing and what needs to be done?
2: Well, first I would say it's confidential. So we have folks come through all the time. In 2019, we had folks internationally with us. Every week of the year, except Mm. for three, because we close the ministry to take a break. So it is a constant stream of in-person care and then online care as well. So if a person really finds themselves, they're not able to talk to anyone or there's a church situation going on or their own marriage is struggling, it doesn't even have to be struggling. They just want someone to hear some of their frustrations or pray with them or give them some guidance. They can Mm -hmm. look us up on safeplaceministry.org and they can ask for care right through the website portal.
0: Okay. Now, as we've been through kind of a tough year as far as people getting together, have you still been able to do what needs to be done over this past year?
2: We have. Because of so much of our work is done internationally as well, we had the virtual platforms already set up. So mm. that was a seamless presence for us. We just jumped right into that full full steam of head. So that was no problem from us. We'll do training via media platforms video platforms. And sometimes we have, we have staff that trains in Spanish and can care for pastors in Spanish as well. Mm. So that was, that was an easy change over for us. Um, it did increase our workload by a lot because Mm. so many workers were and are so stressed by all that has just taken place and still continues.
0: Now, as you uh, work through this year, you, ha- you just mentioned some of the things that you were already set up for. Obviously, part of this, what we've been through, is going to go by the wayside, and you're going to dive back in in the way that you have been doing it in the past. Uh, what does that look like, and can you give us a specific win that you've had?
2: We'll stick to a, a relational issue. There was a couple that came three years ago now. Uh, they served in a remote island in Indonesia and their ministry was doing well, they were thriving in their ministry, and they came to Safe Place, and, and they wanted help in their marriage because they were seeing some issues that just didn't line up with what they were doing in ministry over there. And, and when we sat down, when Tom and I sat down that first meal to provide care for them, the gentleman's name, I have permission to share the story, the gentleman, um, his name was Jake, and he said, Bethann, let's cut to the chase. I'm a fantastic missionary and I'm a lousy husband. Mm. And that's what this particular couple wanted to hammer out on, you know, and the best, my best worship, Tim, is is how I care for my husband, Tom, right? Like I, I could care for pastors and missionaries all around the world as wonderfully as possible. But if I'm not loving my husband well and those closest to me, that really doesn't count for much. So I really appreciated jake's heart posture in this mm. anyway in the course in the course of the three-day marriage intensive that we that we lead or led for them jake became very ill and he actually never left this area he died a few days after that so it was quite amazing to see the lord's care of bringing this couple all the way from a remote island in indonesia to this little farm in pennsylvania to restore their marriage relationship mm. Before Jake went to be with Christ. Mm. And it was just a beautiful, difficult, right? An extreme example of the Lord's care for us, even in light of ministry that often ministry drains so much from us that those primary relationships in our life, whether you're married or if you're single and your family and, and close friendships and church relationships, we really have to protect those and make sure those are vital and stay healthy. So that ministry becomes a fruit of those relationships, not the opposite way around.
0: Mm-hmm. And the scripture speaks to that, doesn't it? When the, uh, I think it's Paul, he talks about being single in ministry and he says you can dedicate yourself to ministry. But if you're married, you have things that you have to take into account in your ministry, or one of the two is going to go down the tubes.
2: That's right, Tim. And as someone who enjoyed, I think, live life to the fullest in my singleness and, and enjoy now the fruit of marriage, they're both excellent, but they're different. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, safe place can be the greatest thing in the world and all pastors and missionaries can be getting care. But if mine and Tom's relationship isn't a mess. mm mm-hmm that's not pleasing to the father. So his desire for us as couples is really that we, we minister out of the strength of our relationship. So when folks come to us for marriage retreats or marriage intensives, and these can be missionaries, they can be young people, older folk, folk getting near retirement pastors that have gone through a difficult ending of a church, some not on their own terms, others on their own terms, or, If issues of morality come into play, then we'll come alongside as well and gently help the pastor. And sometimes church boards, when we're called into mediation, will do that as well Mm. to begin to to care for the entire person, the whole person. Mm.
0: Now, as you're going through this process, uh, obviously the question that's going to raise in some people's minds is cost. How does this work?
2: So we're fee for service. Um, we're a straight LLC. We're not a 5013C. So most churches and missions organizations and individuals will pay for their own care, Okay, but we certainly uh, price it at a, um, a cost, a price point that is accessible for people because we don't want to, we don't want to take advantage of people and we don't want to make this care out of reach Mm. for folk.
0: Well, I think that it's a worthwhile investment no matter what because it is so important as we we talked about that ripple effect and how it can impact so many people as well as the cause of Christ. And if we can kind of nip it in the bud there and stop things before they get to a point where things are falling apart, I, I think that's a huge advantage in fact, it's probably one of the, the great myths about counseling is that you have to wait until stuff's falling apart to go for counseling, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think we could save ourselves a ton of time and money if we're proactive and care for ourselves instead of reactive. So instead of waiting for care or counsel or guidance when something terrible happens, then you're dealing with symptoms at that point. Mm-hmm. Why not strengthen it and strengthen the relationship and seek some guidance and care? Before a train wreck happens. And, Mm. you know, this is for for folks that serve on the mission field as well. Don't wait until burnout or deep compassion fatigue fully, fully shows itself. How about some proactive care Mm. on the front side of that so that we do keep ourselves well and learn how to operate with margin and boundaries and letting our yes be yes and our no be no and and learning to manage ourselves in the light of need of others.
0: Now, you mentioned a phrase, compassion fatigue. There are a lot of pastors Mm -hmm. that listen to this podcast that may have people that have been sent out either from their church or they support missionaries and have for many, many years. For those who may not have ever spent time on the mission field, what is compassion fatigue and how do we deal with it?
2: It's not only the mission field, Tim. I think right now our frontline workers, our healthcare workers are experiencing compassion fatigue profoundly. So are many, many pastors right here in the United States. Compassion fatigue literally means that our soul, our spirit, our body runs dry of providing care and empathy for others. And then we start operating on a negative level, just like your checking account, right? Okay. If you have 50 bucks and you spend it, you start going to the negative numbers and then you're always trying to make up for, well, it can be that way too. The, the cost of caring for people's deep emotional needs can have that kind of toll to it. So compassion fatigue is when someone's soul, body and spirit are just exhausted mm-hmm. from serving well it's not that someone's done something wrong or they weren't listening to the voice of christ they've really spent themselves and that what we do is fill them back up refreshing the hearts of the saints Mm -hmm. so that they do have capacity to serve others 2020 this is high in pastors because of the trifecta of stress of the global pandemic Mm -hmm. civil rights movement Mm -hmm. Um, in a very destructive political environment, a very divisive political environment. All three of those simultaneously have really caused a deep stress in pastors, church teams, um, and elder boards, for sure, as well as international missionaries.
0: Yeah, we've talked a lot about decision fatigue here on the podcast
2: oh, the simplest thing um if i can speak freely mass no mass open closed. right it holds these issues of morality of faith where mm-hmm. is your faith where isn't your faith and the pastors are just exhausted from it from mm-hmm. from this level of stress going on in all three main pathways of political social and physical yeah That expression has been pretty brutal on folks in ministry this past year.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, people in the pew don't necessarily realize that or understand it because they say, well, why doesn't he just... And it's very hard right. for church leaders to be able to please every person because the guy in the pew behind you is thinking the exact opposite of what you're thinking.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that, Tim, it's making me laugh. I mean, in an ironic way, but that's why Paul said, "If I was, you know, if I was to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ." Right? There's some pastors have actually found themselves in no-win situations yeah. where it, whatever decision they make, holds great consequence to some of their folks that are in the congregation. And that that's difficult because, mm-hmm. first of all, no pastor or ministry worker intentionally wants to hurt someone. That's not why they went into the work to begin with. Right. So they actually want to care for them. So it's been a very divisive time mm-hmm. for pastors. Yeah.
0: Now pastors, uh, besides being the decision-maker oftentimes, also winds up being the counselor. Why does mm-hmm. the counselor need counseling?
2: Um, because pastors get tired as well. There's a reason why doctors can't care for themselves, Tim. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, we need an outside perspective. We need someone else to bring truth to us, just like I do. Just like, even though my husband's a marriage and family therapist, he has supervision for himself. So... We need others to speak life into us. None of us are an island and made to carry it alone. And I do think if we set ourselves up like that, mm-hmm. that we don't need anybody and don't let any, anyone walk intimately with us, that's where we can get in a lot of trouble with ministry.
0: Yeah. Don't have somebody to speak the truth. Don't have somebody to bounce things off of it is Yeah, to care
2: and value you and ask you, "Hey, are you okay?" Mm-hmm. You know, then it, it it's very easy. Then at that point, once we become isolated, to seek unhealthy things that would soothe us, mm. to bring comfort, and given enough time and uh, the depth of something that that can become a grave issue for someone and, and a just cause well, destruction. Yes, yes.
0: exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. And unfortunately, we see that time and time and time again. And yeah. The, the tragic part of it, the, there's many tragic parts of that, Tim, but it probably didn't have to go down that way, mm. right? If there was intervention so much earlier on, right. respectful intervention mm-hmm. so much early on to say, hey, you matter in this equation, right? God's not just using you. Your life matters. Your experience matters. What you're carrying matters,
0: mm. Now, one of the other things that we've talked about on this podcast is soul care. So what are some (laughs) of the most important soul care principles that you use to encourage ministry leaders?
2: Well, when we have the intensive debriefs, those would be two to five days in length. And during those times, we would do an exercise with them called Uncluttering Your Soul. And we've had pastors and ministry leaders come and actually write out every hurt that they've had in ministry Mm -hmm. to kind of get it out of their soul and declutter their soul right. um we'll go through timelines with people extensively this will take hours and hours and hours to actually write out a timeline and identify the highs and lows and what was god's perspective in this and how did this un- impact you and then give them some reflective things to to think about and, and work through with the lord and come back the next day and do it all again in in uh continue in depth so It's really providing that place where you undo a gauge almost that has extreme pressure and it's just let some of the air out and help pastors and Christian workers to see things from a different perspective.
0: So you're identifying the source then of where maybe the current issues are coming from or in some other ways, maybe trying to prevent any issue from coming to the surface based on something that's happened in the past
2: both end yeah so we'll go back as far as they want to um to unpack this because we get into you know routines and belief systems and patterns of relating that aren't always healthy tim and i need that corrected in myself every once in a while right every Mm -hmm. now and again same thing for for folks in christian ministry that uh we can get into ruts in our relating and some of those ruts are not healthy. Mm-hmm. So we need to jumpstart out and realign ourselves, almost like a GPS recalculating. Okay. <laughs> we align ourselves again with the Spirit of Christ and let Him cleanse us, right? Like as the scripture says in Psalm 139, we invite the Spirit of the Lord to search us. We don't search ourselves because mm-hmm. that can be dangerous, mm-hmm. right? But invite the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Christ to search us. And as we do that with folks in a very respectful, skilled, methodical way, they often find deep refreshment by the time they leave us.
0: And you're doing that for individuals, for couples? Now, do you work with families as well, so a pastor's family that might be facing some issues?
2: Yeah, we sure do. We have staff uh, that are specifically for children, and they do a fantastic job of caring for kids. So, yeah, using all kinds of creative means that kids can tell their own story. Yeah.
0: My dad, a pastor, and therefore I grew up in that uh, fortunately, my parents were fantastic. Now, over the years, things changed as they as they grew uh, from the young. I, I often tell the story of the time that we were on our way literally out the driveway uh, going on vacation, and the phone rang, and my dad answered it as he was going out the door, and someone in the church passed away. Vacation was over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. my mom, after that situation, said, Never doing that again. Someone else Mm -hmm. can handle that. One of those things that we kind of grew in as a family, and those things you can help identify and and kind of move through quickly, right?
2: Absolutely, Tim. That goes off um, Matthew 24. I'm completely paraphrasing Mm -hmm. here, but the Pharisees were pressing Christ to give an answer to. They were constantly trying to trap him, right, with these these Mm -hmm. deep societal questions, and he never answered them. He always turned them back on the person, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because he knew it was a trap question. Mm -hmm. So they were pressing him to give an answer for the greatest commandment. And he just said, love God and then love your neighbor as self. So that's how we come out. It's that three part relationship, Mm. God, others, and self, all three of those matter. So for your mom to set that boundary to him to say, yes, we care that this person passed away. Of course we care about that, but our family also matters in this equation. And it sounds like your mom set healthy, godly boundaries where somebody else is on call when your dad's not available. Right. 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 Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. It allows you guys to refresh yourself. So there's some belief systems that often have to be challenged in folks for that, Tim, though, to make that happen. So we'll help them in being able to identify those patterns in themselves, mm-hmm. their stress patterns, um, their belief systems, as far as how ministry goes and then bringing in those margin, those buffer areas mm-hmm. where they matter to in yeah. light of serving.
0: Yeah. ministry kingdom. feels 24 seven. And in many ways it is, but we still need to have those boundaries, those margins where we say, okay, I need to refresh as well. Jesus Exampled that for us in the scriptures. It says, he went away to pray. He went away. He went away.
2: I love that you brought that up. That was a consistent, and I'm going to call this an anchor rhythm that will help folks develop their anchor rhythms. That was an anchor rhythm that Christ had. Uh, In the NIV, it says often he withdrew to lonely places. We are often afraid of lonely places. And if they are lonely, we have our cell phones, so they're not lonely anymore. So, but that's what he did, Tim. Exactly. You're identifying that so clearly. And that was his pattern. He didn't withdraw for escape, he withdrew to refresh and connect with the father in order to come back and re engage. Mm. We often wait to withdraw when we need to escape. Mm. And just a vacation isn't just going to do that either because it normally let's say a vacation's monday to friday it's wednesday before you calm down right friday you start building up you know for what's coming uh-huh. vacations are wonderful i believe in them um, they're life-giving to us but we need a more natural anchor rhythm consistently in our life to be able to provide um, those connection times with the lord with ourself mm. Uh, with our primary relationships, to have fun, play, and having fun is a beautiful reflection of our Father.
0: Amen. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us, Ann. I want to find out before you wrap things up how we can pray for you in your ministry.
2: I would like to say if you would pray um, as we serve folks that we would equip our staff further and further so we have a beautiful staff on board to help us from very skilled staff as well and and that's ever increasing so continued staff for safe place tom and i certainly do not carry this alone uh nor would we ever do so so continued presence for our staff and that we could help as many folks as as we're able to within our own margin
0: well we appreciate again you taking the time to be with us and we thank you for joining us for Dense in the Darkness the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. As always, anything you've heard on today's podcast will be linked in the show notes, including the web address for Safe Place Ministry, that's safeplaceministry.org. If you heard something today that has helped you, make sure you share the podcast with someone else who might be encouraged as well.